Praise the Lord, everybody. Welcome to High Desert Word Center on a wonderful, almost summertime Sunday morning. Amen. Well, we have got an interesting service today. It's going to be super busy uh, between the cake auction and communion and everything else. So it's going to be a wild ride. And uh, we're going to have a really good time, though. Praise God. Let's go ahead and, uh, and stand up together. We're going to open up, as we always do, by speaking some words of faith over the United States of America. Amen. And we do believe America is coming to Jesus no matter what it looks like. Hallelujah. All right, let's go ahead and speak these words of faith together. Father, we come to you in Jesus' name and in unity. We confess that Jesus Christ is Lord over the United States of America. We declare that righteousness, mercy, justice, and judgment from you shall prevail. We declare that America will complete her God-given mission to bring the gospel of Jesus Christ to the world. We push back the darkness of Satan from this nation and call for the light of Jesus Christ to invade the media and every home, church, and school and every town, city, and state of this great nation, the United States of America. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's give the Lord some praise this morning. Hallelujah. All right. Well, let's go ahead and take a few minutes here, and we're going to do our meet and greet time. So find somebody, shake some hands, do some fist bumps, give some hugs if you're cool with it, and make sure everybody gets a little love today. Amen. Let's go. Jesus Christ, heaven and earth declare all praise to Jesus. 
Shame on you. Um, also, it's online. The June daily scripture reading is online under the about section on our website. But this month, you get a commentary from pastor. So it's like having a little daily devotional from pastor. And maybe you're not like me, but I've been around pastor long enough. I hear him in my head. So that daily reminder of keep it straight, walk with Jesus, that's a big deal in my life. So it's really cool to be able to have his commentary with the daily scripture reading. And it is available at the info booth. Thank you, Miss Kathy, who is waving that giant yellow paper. So the June scripture reading is available at the info booth and online. Ladies, any of you glad that it's summer? Is anyone glad that it's summer? Yes, Jesus. Praise the Lord. Okay, so those of you who are glad that it's summer and those of you who don't live by school schedules anymore, women's meeting is this Friday at 6.30. So women's meeting Victory Hall this Friday at 6.30. Rosalinda, wave. Miss Rosalinda will be teaching for you. Most of you have not gotten to hear her because we have kept her in youth and she's amazing in our youth ministry. But she is full of the word and she's a super deep teacher and she's fun. So make sure that you're there, ladies, because it's going to be a great Friday night. So this Friday, 630 Victory Hall behind this building. Also, young adults, you thought we forgot you. You thought we forgot you, young adults. We have not. We just moved your date this month because it was crazy. So June 17th, if you are a senior in high school who just graduated, or if you're under the age of 30, we're going to get together on June 17th at 6.30. So what you need to do is make sure myself or Rosalinda has your phone number before you leave, unless you've already received text messages, in which case we got you and we will text you. Um, Father's Day is coming. Men, Father's Day is coming. Yes. And reminder, it's important that you and your family are in church for Father's Day. Take a trip on Friday, not on Sunday, okay? We have gifts for you. We make time and effort to spend on you. So fathers, come on Father's Day. And ladies, don't forget to bring your dads, your sons, all of that with you on Father's Day. We have a gift for every dad, June 19th at the Sunday 10 a.m. service. Just like Mother's Day, no p.m. service that day because we expect for you to go hang out with the dads, okay? So June 19th, 10 a.m., Father's Day. And then June 26th, at the end of the month, is water baptisms, which we love around here. Yes, water baptisms. So if you have come to know Jesus or if you've rededicated your life and you need to make that a public statement to everyone, you need to die with Christ and rise up to new life in baptism, we're passing around the baptism sign-up sheet. There will be a class that Sunday, June 26th, a half an hour before service. So we're doing 10 a.m. baptisms, so you would need to be here at 9.30. We're also doing 6 p.m. service baptisms because there's a bunch of folks who come to Sunday night service who can't make it to Sunday morning. So those friends will need to be here at 5.30 for the baptism class. <laughs> Ushers, poor timing. <laughs> um, also... Very, very important as a believer. If you're a believer in Jesus, raise your hand. Okay, great. Praise the Lord. So it is your duty, right, as the righteousness of God in Christ to stand for the truth and to stand up for what's right. This week on the 7th is a day to vote and to choose righteousness. You don't get to complain if you didn't vote. 
okay? So there is a voter guide with some information on it from Miss P. She spoke about it a couple weeks ago. She does a lot of research to make sure that what we're voting for is based on biblical values, not even necessarily party lines, but what the Bible says. So if you would like some of that information, stop by the info booth. June 7th, you got to vote, okay? You got to vote June 7th. Also, there's no general store today for the youngins because it's already crazy enough around here. So next week will be general store for children's church. They get points and they get to buy toys in our general store with the points that they got for attending church and bringing their Bible, things like that. That is all of our announcements. Do you feel like I do? Hallelujah. We're done. Um, (laughs) If you are with us for the first time or the first time in a long time, would you please wave at me? Miss Heather has a gift for you. She's in the dress right here. She would like to bless you. There is a card with that. If you would stop by the info booth on your way out, we would like to bless you as you leave. Thank you for being with us today. We love and appreciate you. All right. Very good, man. There is a lot going on. And so uh, I always encourage you, if you uh, really want to stay in the loop, follow us on social media because we try to uh, keep as much of the information on there as possible. And I don't want you to miss out on anything over this summer. We, of course, we got uh, family events and all sorts of stuff coming up. So stay in the loop and stay connected because you need to be surrounded by good, godly people. Amen. That's really, really good for you. All right. Well, I also wanted to remind you that Pastor, Mrs. Pastor, and Mom and Dad, they're going to be out of town for the next four or five weeks in the beautiful state of Indiana, helping my little sister out. Uh, she's getting ready to have her baby and stuff, so you won't be seeing them for a few weeks, but they're alive and well, and you'll see them really soon. Amen? All right. Who knows what time it is now? Yeah, yeah. You didn't sound too happy, though. I don't get that. Let's try that again, because I, I believe in second chances. Amen? Who knows what time it is now? Happy time. Woo! <laughs> Amen. And so uh, we're talking about our tithes and our offerings because God loves a cheerful giver. This is Brother Lawrence. He is in charge of our family life ministry. I didn't. He he was right. He's so excited. So he's going to do our Sunday morning tithes and offerings. Amen. All right. First, I was noticing that it seems like this side of the room is arguing with this side because like this is all packed and then it's spaces, spaces. So get along, guys. Come on. Let's do this. Come on. We're at church, right? So if you need an envelope, raise your hand, and they might hand you an envelope. Ask my brother-in-law. He'll get you one. But let's go to Malachi 3.10. Woo! So I was going to call this an oldie but a goodie, but it's just a goodie because it works. And I was thinking about something when when I was asked to do the, the offering. It's summertime. And no, Summer, we're not talking about you. It's not you, no. Summertime, the actual season. And so I'm thinking, all four of my kids are going to be home. And me and Leo are planning trips. And I was thinking, what's the connecting factor in all of these? Gas. And right now, with inflation, all this other stuff going up, really, we're being put to the test with our finances. So what better verse to use than Malachi 3.10? Because your finances will be put to the test sometimes. You know, I have conversations with you, you know, maybe a few of you, you know, one of you. I talk to Pastor Dave, okay? Me and Pastor Dave are the only ones who talk in this church. But a lot of times people tell me about how they're going through, like, 
financial situation saying like, I don't know how I'm going to afford this and I don't know how I'm going to afford that and wow, look at the gas prices. I mean, I need to put gas in my car. There's no doubt about that. I need my car to get to work and it takes gas. We can't avoid that. But I'm going to put my faith with my finances and that money's going to stretch. Leah told me the other day, like, she goes, what cost me for like a half tank of gas got me almost like three quarters of a tank of gas. So I'm like, if that's not putting faith behind your finances, I don't know what is. And I can go on and on and on, but we're only an hour and a half service and Pastor Dave's already giving me a dirty look. So, no, he's not. I don't think you ever gave anybody a dirty look, have you? <laughs> I'll give a dollar if anybody who takes a picture of Pastor Dave giving a dirty look. Okay, no, we don't want to do that, no. No. There goes that pastor. So Malachi 3.10, bring all your tithes to the storehouse. And if you didn't know, your tithe is 10% of your before taxes, your gross. So just in case, like, well, what is tithe? And for the longest time, I thought, why are they talking about laundry detergent? But it's tithe. But bring all your tithes into the storehouse so that there will be enough food in my temple. If you do, says the lords of heaven's armies, I will open up the windows of heaven for you. Here's the best part. I will pour out a blessing so great that you won't have room to take it in. And the kicker. Put me to the test. I told you a thousand times, every time I do this, this verse, this is the only place in the Bible where God's saying, come on, put me to the test. Try me. And there was actually a time, and I thought I was being blasphemous, but I was being threatened with a, a job layoff. And I straight up told God, and I was like, okay, you don't want me to give you less than what I've been giving you. You want me to give you more. You, want, you don't want my tithe to decrease. So for my tithe not to decrease, I'm putting to the test, and I need my job. Either something that's going to, I'm going to keep my job, or you have something better in line. And sure enough, I kept my job, and I think like a, couple months later I got a promotion so that's not putting God to the test and seeing his petition but you can't mistake the natural you have to realize that if you spent 20 years of spending not so wisely you can't expect well I tithe twice and my finances are not better I'm going back to how it was you gotta you gotta be consistent with God so with that being said let's do our financial faith confession FFC. We're gonna, can we call that from now on? The FFC? As we bring the Lord's tithe and give offerings today, we believe and receive jobs or better jobs, promotions, raises, bonuses, benefits, sales and commissions, growth in business, settlements, estates and inheritances, interest and income, rebates and returns, gifts and mail, gifts and surprises, bonding money, bills paid off, debts paid off, Rose, you receive blessings and increase. Thank you, Lord, for all my financial needs, so I have more than enough to take good care of my family, to give generously in the kingdom of God, promote the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Feel free to join us at the altar after you drop off your offerings. We're going to sing together. We can sing from our seats as well.
I give you my attention, all my focus, pushing off these limits. In this moment, I feel your spirit moving all around me. Come and have your way. I'm looking at these dry bones, you're reviving this faith inside of my soul. You're igniting, you're calling me to levels that are higher. I can see your face. When I set my eyes on you, everything else fades. When I look your way, everything else fades. When I look your way, everything else fades. Upon your beauty, full of wonder, the world falling behind me. There's no other, no other name like your name, and there's nothing that can take your place. When I set my eyes on you, everything else fades. When I look your way, everything. When I look your way, everything else fades. Dancing in the light of your glory, joy is awakening. Rising like the sun every morning, hope is alive in me. Dancing in the light of your glory, joy is awakening. Rising like the sun every morning, hope is alive in me. When I set my eyes on you. Set my eyes on you. When I set my eyes on you, everything else fades. When I look your way, everything else fades. When I look your way, everything. One more time, let's sing dancing. Dancing in the light of your glory, joy is awakening. Rising like the sun every morning. Hope is alive in me. Let's sing that. Dancing in the light of your glory. Joy is awakening. Rising like the sun every morning. Hope is alive in me. When I set 
upon you when I set my eyes on you when I said when I set my eyes on you everything else fades when I let you everything
selfless. Thank you, Lord. Jesus, the Son of God. Jesus, the Son of God. Yes, Lord. You hung on the cross to die. But not even death. But not even death. Hallelujah. 
thank you, Jesus, Lord. We know that you are selfless. You are generous, Lord. You laid it all on the line to save us, Father. And we love you and we thank you for that. We know it's not that we deserved it. And it certainly wasn't because we earned it and we were so good. You did it because you loved us, Father. And Lord, we worship you and we praise you today. And God, we ask that you would have your way in this service and in our time together, that you would speak to us. And God, we want the truth. We aren't here to to, to get what we want to hear. We want to hear what we need to hear from your word, Father. We thank you that today could be a life-changing day as we submit ourselves to you. We love you, Jesus, and we thank you for it. Hallelujah. Well, today is uh, it's the first Sunday of the month, and our tradition here is that on the first Sunday is when we take communion together. And so we're going to have uh, a time of communion this morning, and I, I encourage you to please uh, join in with us. You don't have to be a member of High Desert Word Center to take communion with us. You just need to be a member of the family of God. You need to have received Jesus as your Lord and Savior so you know what it's all about. But what we're going to do here is uh, take just a minute and go ahead and, and we're going to get in our line here, come up and get the elements, and then you can go back to your spot and, and remain standing if you'd like. But let's take a few minutes here to, to worship the Lord as we uh, get ready to do communion. Communion is a holy time that we take together, and and I always take it really serious uh, because I want to remember what it was that Jesus went through, and and that's what we're doing is we're taking a minute today to thank him and remember uh, what it was that he did for us. um, This song we were just singing, it talks about so selfless. I mean, that's a pretty selfless thing (laughs) to give your life away and, and go through what he went through. For the whole world and and for some people that would just 
mock you, make fun of you, uh, you know, uh, curse your name and choose to never even believe that you were real. But he's like, it's okay. I, I, it's okay. I'm still going to die for even them. And, and I, I just, I don't ever want us to lose sight of the sacrifice that Jesus gave on the cross. And I'm just going to read a few verses out of Isaiah this morning because Isaiah prophesied perfectly and accurately about Jesus coming to this world, being born and, and, and you know, uh, to the virgin and, and, and being raised and being the Messiah. He predicted and prophesied his death and crucifixion so accurately hundreds of years before Jesus was even born. But Isaiah saw this and he wrote it down and he was talking about Jesus. He said in Isaiah 52, 14, but many were amazed when they saw him. His face was so disfigured, he seemed hardly human. And from his appearance, one would scarcely know he was a man. And he was talking about the beating. Jesus was beaten so, so mercilessly, so terribly that Isaiah, he's seeing this and he's like, you can even, you can barely even tell that this is a person. They beat him so bad yet. He's doing it voluntarily. No one forced him. He chose to do this. And then Isaiah goes on to write in Isaiah 53. He says he was despised and rejected a man of sorrows acquainted with the deepest grief. We turned our backs on him and looked the other way. He was despised and we did not even care. Yet it was our weaknesses he carried. It was our sorrows that weighed him down. And we thought his troubles were a punishment from God, a punishment for his own sins. Those weren't Jesus' sins he was carrying on the cross. It wasn't Jesus' weaknesses because he had none. He was carrying my sins on the cross. He was paying for my mistakes. That's not fair at all. I should have paid for those. But Jesus came and paid for them. And verse 5 says, But he was pierced for our rebellion, crushed for our sins. He was beaten so we could be made whole. He was whipped so we could be healed. And again, that doesn't seem fair at all, but Jesus isn't in this for what's fair. He's in this because of his mercy and his grace. And by the grace of God, I don't have to pay the price for those sins. Jesus did it. He was beaten so I could be healed. And when I was three and a half and the doctors diagnosed me with leukemia and told my parents, your son's probably not going to make it through this. Jesus already paid the price when he was beaten on the cross. And by his stripes, by his wounds, I was healed. Amen. And I thank Jesus for that. And so praise God. I'm encouraging us this morning that as we take this, never think that it's just tradition. Yeah, that's that thing we do on the first Sunday. Never let it be about something like that. It's so much deeper. What we're remembering today is that Jesus paid the price for what you and I should have been paying for. And so uh, the book of First Corinthians chapter 11 tells us that every time we take communion, we need to examine our own lives. And, uh, and so what we're going to do for just a minute here this morning is we're going to examine our lives. And, and uh, in fact, it says to judge yourself. And if there's anything uh, that you need to repent of or talk to God about or change, right now is the time to do that. Let's make some changes if we need to. And, and let's talk to the Lord. And it's between you and God. I don't need to know. Uh, you, no one else needs to know. It's between you and God. So let's take a minute this morning to examine ourselves before we take the communion.
Amen. We're going to go ahead and receive the elements this morning. The Apostle Paul wrote in 1 Corinthians 11, verse 23, For I pass on to you what I received from the Lord himself. On the night when he was betrayed, the Lord Jesus took some bread and gave thanks to God for it. Then he broke it in pieces and said, This is my body, which is broken for you. Do this to remember me. And so, Lord, as we take this piece of bread today, we're doing this to remember that your body was broken so we could be healed and we could be made whole, Father. We take this in remembrance of you. And in the same way, he took the cup of wine after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant between God and his people, an agreement confirmed with my blood. Do this to remember me as often as you drink it. And so, Jesus, we drink this juice today, Lord, to remember and remind ourselves of your blood that was poured out and paid the price for our sins. We are forgiven and we are made right with you. We have been made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. We thank you, Father, for your blood. In Jesus' name. Amen. Who's grateful for Jesus this morning? Amen. Come on. Who's grateful that Jesus came into this world and did what he did so we could be made right with God? Amen. Hallelujah. Well, I'm going to go ahead and ask that you can be seated this morning. Praise the Lord. What a good time we've had already. Amen. Hallelujah. I love being in the house of God with the people of God. Praise the Lord. Well, we'll go ahead and get ourselves into the word this morning. Uh, there's an outline for the sermon if you didn't get one and you can kind of follow along. If you, if you want one and you didn't get one, raise your hand. And uh, if you didn't get one and you don't want one, well, then 
take one anyway. I mean, come on, it's, it's free. So uh, we got that going on. Now, uh, if you're new with us, uh, we've got our, we're doing a little cake auction right after the service. It's for our youth group to send them on their summer trip. And so, uh, you know, if you're thinking, man, this church gives out free cake, it's not, it's not every week that we've got this going on, but, but right after the service, we're going to get to that and it's going to be a really fun time. But I want to uh, get your attention to the word of God for a few minutes this morning as, uh, as we hear what the Lord's trying to get over to us. Uh, the title of the message today is this. Uh, it's called Don't Be an Easy Target. Don't be an easy target. And, you know, we, we spent a few weeks uh, discussing uh, how we are in uh, spiritual warfare. We, we talked about the good fight of faith for a few weeks there. And, uh, and, and if, if you don't realize it, that, hey, We've got this real world that we live in here where you can see, you know, your flesh and blood. But there is a spiritual world. And some people, either they don't want to realize that or they want to deny that. But you need to realize that the real you is not what I can see right now. The real you is on the inside. That's your spirit. That's your heart. And that's what, you know, goes to heaven when you die. Or if you rejected Jesus, you know, you don't go to heaven. You go to hell. And so it's important for us, though, to never lose sight of the reality reality of the spiritual. And that's what we're talking about for a few minutes here today. And, and and so I would say this, that we are at war spiritually speaking. The New Testament tells us all over the place, you know, in fact, it says the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. And so it says, you know, the, it says warfare, it says war, and that's what's going on right now. And so sometimes people are like, man, what, what, why is there bad in this world? Why are there bad things happening? And, you know, what, what's, what's the cause of all this. And and you need to realize that we're told in 1 Corinthians that Satan is currently, it says, it literally says, is the God of this world. Because God put Adam in charge way back in the book of Genesis and said, hey, you just do it. You could do what I say. You know, you, you, uh, you take care of the earth. You take care of the garden. Just do whatever I say. Just don't touch this tree. And of course, what do they do? They go to that tree. They eat the fruit and they just totally sell out. And so at that point, man, it says that Satan, you know, he became the God of this world. And so he is responsible for a lot of the bad, terrible things that we see going on. Now, God gets the blame for it a whole lot of the time, but it wasn't him. If you believe in the Bible, John 10, 10 tells us that Satan, the thief, comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus said, I have come to give life and life more abundantly. And so Jesus is here trying to give life, trying to bring healing to you, trying to take care of your needs. And Satan, on the other hand, is trying to mess your life up. And so what I'm talking about today is called don't be an easy target. And I was, I heard a, a story from, uh, from Pastor Dr. Mark Barclay. A lot of you guys know him out of Michigan. And, and he was a sniper for the Marines in Vietnam. And so he was really, really good at what he did. But he talked about one of the big things that was his job was to try to isolate a target. Maybe there was an important person. If he could isolate this guy, maybe his, uh, his other, uh, Marines could create a distraction, get something going on over there. Well, if they go over there and then and this one guy they really want to get is isolated. He's really easy to pick off. He's an easy target because he's all on his own. He's not surrounded by everybody else. And so what I see so often with Christians is they do things to isolate themselves. They do things to, to maybe, uh, you know, kind of 
kind of walk away a little bit or, or, or there's just so many things where they're making themselves an easy target for the enemy. And then they're like, hey, God, where were you? What, why'd this happen? Why'd that happen? And he's like, I'm where I've always been. I didn't go anywhere. You're the one that went somewhere. And so what I'm trying to encourage us with today is don't be an easy target. And, and so what we're going to see is how to avoid the distractions the enemy throws at us so we're not an easy target. Anybody in here where you could admit, like I can, that you're easily distracted? Thank you. All right. Where's my ADD people? Shout out. Yes. Amen. Hallelujah. And so I just, I got to get real that it is real easy for me to get distracted and and I'm working on this you know here I am in my 30s now and I'm like I I got to get this together it, there's it's just not I, I sometimes I I bring harm into my life because I got distracted and let something stupid happen and I can't blame God and, hey why'd you do this or can't blame my wife can't blame all you guys I got to say no 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 I I got distracted and I quit doing what I was supposed to do, and then something bad happened to me, and 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 I got to own up to that, and I got to deal with it. But it's absolutely the truth of the matter. I remember one time. Uh, okay, this was a few years ago. All right, uh, whenever Katie, Pastor Katie, and I first got married, I worked at a place called Hardy's, and uh, and it was, it was a burger place. It was Carl's Jr. Right, and so uh, I I don't know. I I just for some reason there's always been this problem with me that if I see something shiny, I want to touch it. And I don't know why. I'm just like, wow, that's so cool. And, I, and and so I walk in the back door of the place one day, and uh, we had this thing called a broiler that was like 700 degrees that, uh, that cooked the burgers. And, and no one told me that they had just put a brand new part on the inside. And, and th- normally, the broiler wasn't turned on until lunchtime, but somebody turned it on early that day. And so I walk in the door, and I'm like, ooh, pretty, look at that. Ah! And I touched it, and oh my gosh. Now, could I blame somebody else? It was the mechanic fault. It was my boss's fault. They should have told me. No, you know, at 20 years old, you should know to not stick your hands into broilers. So I brought pain upon myself by being easily distracted and doing something dumb. And so what I'm trying to tell us today is how we can avoid being easily distracted and becoming an easy target. Let's look this morning. We're going to open up with Ephesians chapter 6. Yes, sir. Ephesians 6. We love the Word of God, and so we get a little bit excited when we open our Bibles around here. Ephesians chapter 6, and we're going to look at verse 12. And if you're familiar with Ephesians 6, it talks about the armor of God. And and that's a very important uh, thing for you to understand, that the more that we surround ourselves with His Word and, 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 and with His promises, and you get the armor of God on, the better chance that you have of securing the victory in your life. And so Ephesians chapter 6, and I'm going to show you here at verse 12, it says, For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies. Now that needs to be a revelation to some right now that you need to realize that the source of your trouble is not other people. Amen? Amen? You know, so you need to realize, because because if you if the whole time you think that your boss is the trouble, that your husband's the trouble, that your kids are the trouble, you're going to constantly be fighting what it says is flesh and blood enemies. But that is not what we're fighting against as Christians. What are we fighting against? Against evil rulers and authorities of what the unseen world. 
against mighty powers in this dark world and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. And so this verse clearly paints the picture for us that, yeah, there is a spiritual warfare that takes place in the lives uh, of us as Christians, and we can win if we'll do it God's way. So the enemy's already trying to get us. I don't want to give him any extra help. I don't want to make it any easier on him. I want to stay surrounded and protected by the promises of God. And so we're going to look at a few things here this morning together in the word of God about how we can avoid being an easy target and how we can stand strong in the day that we live in. Who thinks that sounds pretty good this morning? Let's go. All right. Number one, if you want to stay strong, and I always like to talk on this topic right towards summertime, because we seem, as the summer gets here, to kind of, you know, like, hey, we're on vacation, and, and that's good. I encourage you, go on vacation. You need to do it. You may need a couple every year, three or four. Take as many as you want, but don't take a vacation from God, because I found this out, that the devil don't take no vacations. But, you know, I'll just go. I'm not going to take my Bible with me. I, and I'm not, you know, and I'm not, we're not going to go to a church while we're on vacation. No, go. Take your Bible. And, and but, but whatever you do, don't take a break from God. You need to be taking him more serious than ever before. And so number one today is this. If you're not going to be an easy target, you have to stay in the word of God. You've got to stay in the word of God. God. And, and this is so key for your success. And I, I realized that, hey, there's a lot of people that, that they don't really take God's word seriously. And, and they wouldn't tell you that, but that's just the fact of the matter that we've got to take this seriously. And, and I often wonder, because I've seen statistics and stuff about how many hours a day the average person spends on social media. And I haven't looked it up this week, but it's insane how many hours Keep hours and hours and hours a day scrolling like a zombie. You know, just looking like a moron. Scrolling hours and hours and hours a day. And what I found is there's nothing new. You know, these people are arguing politics. These people are, you know, doing this. And these people are doing that. Same story, different day. But check it out. How many hours do we spend on the phone and on the Internet and how many minutes do we spend in the Word of God? I mean, come on. If I'm spending four hours a day on my phone just scrolling and looking at stupidness, and I'm only giving God, if I don't even give God four minutes, there's going to be an imbalance there. And then you're going to wonder why I just don't feel strong. I just don't feel like, man, that old devil, he's after me, and, and oh, he's getting the best of me. Well, you're making it pretty easy on him, to be honest. And I, I'm just, I'm preaching to myself today, too. Listen. Don't make it any easier on him. You have got to take God's word seriously if you're ever going to secure the victory over whatever it is that's trying to mess with you and take you down. You've got to take it serious. Let me show you something here in John chapter 15. John 15. We're going to look at verses 5 through 7. Amen. John chapter 15, verses 5 through 7. And here we have Jesus speaking to us. Amen. John chapter 15. We're going to look here at verses 5 through 7. And I love this. This is Jesus, the seventh time that he said, I am. And there's seven times in the book of John where he uses this phrase, I am. And it's a wonderful thing because in the Old Testament, uh, he told uh, the people of Israel, I am 
that I am. I am the great I am. And then Jesus rolls up and he says, hey, I am the resurrection and the life. I am the light of the world. I am the good shepherd. And he keeps saying over and over, I am. Then here's the seventh and final time that Jesus says this. John chapter 15 and verse 5, he says, yes, I am the vine and you are the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Oh my gosh, think about that. How much are you able to do apart from Jesus as a Christian? Nothing. I mean, Jesus just said it. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Anyone who does not remain in me is just thrown away like a useless branch and withers. Such branches are gathered into a pile to be burned. Now, when I was a little kid, we lived out in the woods in Indiana. We were some rednecks, right? And so we we'd just have these big old fires out in our yard. We'd burn anything. We'd burn couches. We didn't throw it away. We just blew it up and burned it. It was awesome. I love it. But we always have a big old burn pile out in our yard. And there's this big area of just burnt grass. That it was the burn pile. And if there was something useless, if there was something, you know, that we cut down out of the woods, you just threw it into the useless burn pile and got rid of it. And I'm like, whoa, Jesus has a, a burn pile? What in the world is this going on right here? And he says that anyone who doesn't remain in him, they're just thrown away like a useless branch. Wow, I don't want to be into the pile to be burned. But look at verse 7. But if you remain in me and my words remain in you, you can ask for anything you want and it will be granted. That is a promise right there that if we're remaining in him and he is remaining in us, he says you could ask for anything, anything you want, and it will be granted. How, how many of us would like to say, you know, ask Jesus for the things that you want and actually have it granted? Wow, I think I have a room this size, more than four people, but that's all right. Hey, I'll just, I'll put myself out there. I like it when my prayers get answered. Amen. I like it when he gives me the desires of my heart, like Psalm 37 verse 4 talks about. But it doesn't happen if I'm just out there doing my own thing. It happens when I remain in him. Amen. And so we need to realize that as we take the word, what is one thing Jesus said? He said, I am the bread of life. And, of course, when he did the Lord's Prayer, he said, give us this day our daily bread. It's super important that we take that seriously. And whenever we partake of the Word of God, whenever we spend time in his Word, man, we are partaking of the bread of life. And I would say that you need to eat every day. Every day. And, you know, I think about it, you know, I know that I eat every day, unfortunately, several times a day, right? And so how, how silly would it be if I only ate one day a week and it was on Sundays? You know, and, and that's how a lot of people would live their spiritual life. Like the only time they read the Bible is at church on Sundays. That's good, but it's not good enough to keep you healthy and strong. You're going to have to take it more serious than that. I mean, come on, how would it be if like, oh, it's coming up on Sunday again. It's that, it's that day of the week where I actually eat something. You would be weak and you wouldn't be able to get very much done. But listen, if we're going to eat 
every day as a physical person, we're going to have to do the same thing spiritually. I like something that Smith Wigglesworth said. He was a great preacher back in the 19, uh, early 1900s. But he said, most Christians feed their body three hot meals a day and one cold snack a week. And that is not how we're going to get strong and be able to get prayers answered and be able to be used by God in the day and the age that we live in. Check this out. Hebrews 4.12. Let's look at Hebrews 4.12. Amen. Are we having a good time today? Hebrews 4.12. We're going to flip over there. Now, of course, uh, another great uh, portion of scripture is Ephesians 5, and it says that we've been washed by the water of the word. And so whenever we get in the word of God, what are we doing, man? We're calling what I call, uh, we're taking what I call a word bath. You are getting your mind scrubbed from the junk of the world. You've been out there at Fort Irwin all week listening to junk and garbage and and, and, and you've been at the railroad, wherever you work, and, and just people spewing their negativity and doubt and unbelief all over you. When you get into the Word of God, you're scrubbing the junk of the world off of you. Amen? And we need that. I mean, I, I also, I, I believe in daily eating. I also am a firm believer in daily bathing. That wasn't, why, that shouldn't be that funny to some of you. I'm that wasn't a joke. Well, I, you should bathe like daily, people. But that's between you and God, what you do. Uh, but I, I, I do believe in taking a good old daily uh, shower, bath, whatever. Uh, Hebrews chapter 4, and check out verse 12 here. And we're talking about taking God's word seriously. And you got to know that it's not just some book. Hebrews 4 verse 12 says, For the word of God is alive and powerful. It is sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword cutting between soul and spirit, between joint and marrow. What does it do? It exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. That's the word of God. It's alive. It is powerful. It is sharper than any two-edged sword. Come on. And it cuts between soul and spirit, between joint and marrow. It exposes the innermost thoughts and desires of our heart. We need to stay connected to God's word, stay in his word and watch what it can do in our lives. And you need to know that his word is more powerful than all of your problems combined. One verse of God's word is more powerful than all 200 of your problems wrapped into one. It's alive. It's powerful. And if you will learn how to use it, oh my goodness, it'll change your life. Amen. All right. The second thing we're going to say about don't be an easy target. Number one, you need to stay in the word of God. Number two, you need to stay in the house of God. Yeah. And, and I mean, hey, you're, you're doing it. You're here. You're in the house of God with the people of God, reading the word of God, singing the praises of God. You're on the right track right now. But hey, this is something that, that's always on my heart because I know, I, I was just thinking, uh, let's see, uh, last, uh, 2020, right? Uh, we unfortunately, we did the shutdown for a couple of months and, uh, and, and all that stuff whenever COVID first hit. And, and so we opened back up on, Pentecost Sunday of 2020. Well, today's Pentecost Sunday, and uh, but in that year it was a couple weeks earlier in May. And so, I, as, as I examine, I, I, as I see the world, you know world crisis to world crisis, you know this go on, that go on. All of a sudden, you see some people get scared and start taking God real seriously. 
and they cling for a few, you know, for maybe a few weeks or a couple of months or whatever. And they, they get the fear of God real quick because, hey, they don't want to die. And then all of a sudden things calm down. And what happens? People that weren't really that committed to the Lord, well, they just back off and go right back to the same old, you know, thing. And we're not judging. We're not throwing rocks. But I'm just saying we got to do better than that. We can do better than that. But we've got to do it his way. And so I see so many people that were just absolutely clinging whenever it looked like it was getting real. And then they just kind of let go. But I'm telling you, we've got to stay in the house of God. And you'd be a lot better off with Jesus and, 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 to, and to take him consistently, take his word and, and, and his teachings consistently than to just run to him whenever things get real scary, right? And so well, I want to show you something here in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 25. Hebrews 10, verse 25. We're already in Hebrews. It's just a few pages over. Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 25. And we're talking about taking his word seriously, taking his house seriously, staying in the house of God. Hebrews 10 and verse 25. And it tells us this. And let us not neglect our meeting together, as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now, that the day of his return is drawing near. Is there anybody that you can kind of tell that the day of his return is drawing near? It's a whole lot closer than what it used to be. And he said, it's especially important to gather together and be together as Christians. It's especially important as the day of his return is drawing near. And so this is something that I encourage us, man, to take seriously. And one of the saddest things that, that, I, that I see in my life, that, that I've seen time and time again, is someone come to Jesus when their life's in shambles and promise him, if you get me through this one, if you'll just give me what I want, if you'll just make this one thing happen to me, I promise to serve you. I promise to stick close to you. And, and if you'll just give me what I want. And then the Lord makes a miracle happen. And something happens. And then if you were only serving him because he could do something for you and give you what you want, that's not a strong enough reason to make you stick with him when things get easy. Because one thing that I found is often there's more danger in comfort than there is in the times of trial and difficulty. Because whenever things going smooth, you know, ah, you know what, I don't, I, I'm good. I don't really need to open my Bible right now. I don't have time or, or, or uh, I don't know. I'm just not in the mood right now. Things are good. And often when things get difficult, that's when we run to the Lord and help, help, help. There's a lot of danger in being comfortable. We tend to let our guard down. We tend to kind of just you know, make flippant decisions. We kind of tend to just, you know, do whatever and, and not take things seriously. So I'm encouraging you to know. You may be like, I don't need any of that stuff. Man, my life's better than it's ever been. Watch out. Because in the moment of comfort, in the moment of when our guard is let down and we're just not thinking that we need to, you know, really be that committed to any of this stuff, check it out. That's when we open the door for the enemy to come in with a sneak attack and pull something on us. And so I like to be comfortable. I like to have all the money I need. I like to have all the everything else that I need. But sometimes in those moments, that's when we kind of tend to just chill out a little bit and take a little bit of a timeout or a pause. And that's a dangerous spot to be in. 
Thank you for your thunderous amens today. I super appreciate that. Amen. Yeah, all right. Come on. And so, but that, that's, that's something that I've seen so many times. And, 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 you know, you ask somebody, hey, man, what, you know, what's going on? I, I've noticed that you kind of uh, chilled out a little bit on, on, on the Lord thing lately. What's going on? And always, oh, man, no, me and God, we just, we got this connection. Uh, we kind of vibe our own way, bro. You know what I'm talking about? Well, listen, you don't vibe with God in your own way. <laughs> you don't do God your own way. You don't, you don't serve him on your terms. How prideful and arrogant and selfish is that? When I see it, you know, I, I, know, I know the Bible says this, and I get that. But me and God, we kind of got a little thing worked out. And, and, and so, so you drew out a contract with God, and you set the terms and conditions, and you're just going to do it on your own way, on your terms? How arrogant. How prideful when, 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 when clearly he has already set the terms and the conditions. He already drew out the contract. He already made the covenant. I'm not going to come in there and say, yeah, I know your word says that, and that's good for all them. But for me, I don't think that that really, I'm going to do it my way. And, and we've just got a little agreement here between me and God. you got to quit serving God on your terms and start serving him on his terms. And what's his terms? The Bible. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm just being real right now. That's his terms and that's his conditions. It's the Bible. Now, the further that I serve God, the longer that I go in this relationship, I find out that all the things that he tells me in his word, none of them are to hurt me or make my life worse. Now, how many parents in here, you know, you tell your kids to do something that's clearly to their benefit, but they think you're just saying it to be mean. Man, gosh, go take a shower. Oh. You're mean. You hate me. You're the worst. No, I'm saying this because I love you. Believe me. You need to do something about that. And, and, and to them, you know, you're just mean and picking on them. And, man, my dad's a bully. He, he's telling me to pick up my room. And, dude, there's things growing in your room. That was some kind of a fungus or something, man. I'm trying to help you. And, 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 and little kid, they always think that you're telling them things to hurt them or take their fun away. No, I, the Father is telling you this to make your life better, to protect you from, the, from harm, man. And so in God's word, the further that I study this, the further that I go in this relationship with him, I find out the things that he's telling me to do are not to take away my fun, not to make my life worse. It's always for my benefit. And the more that I do it, man, the better my life gets. But I want to show you something here real quick. Mark chapter 10. This is the story of blind Bartimaeus. Blind Bartimaeus. And I'm just going to look at the last verse of the whole story. But here's a guy that, like so many people, that, you know, th that he was in a bad spot. First of all, if you hadn't caught on yet, the man was blind. That's why we call him Blind Bartimaeus, right? And how would you like it if your ailment was, you know, your nickname? I mean, how cruel is this? This is the man. <laughs> hey, there's all blind, you know. And so, Blind Bartimaeus, here he is sitting beside the road one day, and, and Jesus is coming through town, and he starts yelling out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And people are like, man, would you shut up? Gosh, the important people are up front trying to talk to Jesus. Just quiet down. And so they're like, man, shut up. And he just yells louder and louder trying to get Jesus' attention. 
and he was in a bad spot. And listen, when you're in need of a miracle, you better ignore all the haters that are saying, man, shut up. Oh, come on. No, you just yell louder, man. You get a hold of Jesus. And so everybody was like, oh, man, shut him up. But finally, Jesus says, no, 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 but bring the blind man here. And so blind Bartimaeus comes up. Jesus heals him. He gets the miracle that he cried out for, like so many people in 2022 get. He still does miracles. Do you realize that? That Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. If he could heal people in the Bible, he's still doing it right now. If he could restore people and deliver them back then, he's still doing it today. But so many people, even in Bible times, they would get their miracle from Jesus and then like, oh, okay, right on, man. Hey, got to go. And they would turn their backs and walk away from Jesus. But one thing that I especially appreciate about blind Bartimaeus is right here in Mark chapter 10 and verse 52, because he sure enough got his miracle. He got the thing that he came to Jesus for. But this is beautiful to me. Mark 10, verse 52. And Jesus said unto him, Go thy way, thy faith hath made thee whole. And what happens? Did Bartimaeus just say, Oh, okay, right on, man. That's what I wanted. Thank you. No. What happens? And immediately he received his sight. And look at this. And he followed Jesus in the way. He got his miracle, but then he chose to keep following Jesus afterwards. And to me, that's a beautiful ending to a story right there. Because so often, you know, if, if, if we were to, you know, write one of the stories of, that we see today in the Bible, you know, it would say, hey, uh, according to thy faith, be it done unto you. Your faith has made you whole. And immediately the guy received his sight and then he went off on his own way. And that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about how we cannot be an easy target. And so we got to stay connected to Jesus even when we get what we want. And I know this much, hey, whether you, you know, I, I know it, that we all need a pastor. And I'm not saying that I'm your pastor. Maybe I'm not, maybe you don't like me. Hey, that's fine, man. The feeling's mutual. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I love you. I love you. I love you. In fact, I've got to publicly apologize. I... <laughs> On a Wednesday night, man, I just blasted poor Summer over there. I felt so bad. And, uh, but, uh, yeah, you, the, the booze can rain down. I deserve it. But I was like, I was talking about the season of Summer. And I was like, I hate Summer. Wow. Ooh, and she's sitting right there. The woman is sitting right there. And, and so I had to clarify, I am not fond of the sweltering hot heat during the season of Summer in Barstow. But Summer Crank is one of my favorite people. <laughs> Was I good, good safe? Good, you like that? All right. So anyway, uh, yeah, but praise God. But we all need a pastor, preferably not one that insults you. Uh, but we all need a, a pastor. And in fact, uh, Jeremiah 3.15, you can write this down, but Jeremiah 3.15 says, And I will give you pastors according to my heart, which shall feed you with knowledge and understanding. And so God, he puts pastors and, and spiritual leaders here in our lives that can feed us with knowledge and understanding. And so I'm encouraging you that during, you know, this season of life, during the world that we live in right now, take God's word seriously. Take God's house seriously. And it's going to strengthen your 
life. And I also want to say, hey, get involved in some of the lift groups that we've got going on here at church, man. Yesterday we had our monthly men's meeting. It was awesome. We had a great time. And by the way, man, men, did we have a good breakfast or what? Wow. It was carb day. It was incredible, man. I'm still full. It was awesome. But, you know, but we do these things. Why? Because we've got nothing better to do? No, I mean, I've got better stuff to do. But I want to be here, and I want to I wanna make as many opportunities available for us to get connected to what's going on, man, and to surround us with godly, positive people. I was Ray Bench was here. You guys here a couple weeks ago for Ray Bench. Anyone here remember Ray? Amen. Woo! That was a good time right there. But he, he was just talking to me about uh, his church in Michigan and stuff, and he, he said this to me, all right, and, and I, I didn't say anything about our church, but he's like, man, I always notice that, you know, we, our church puts on all these events. They've got a, they've got a good-sized church. You know, we'll put on, you know, a, a whole event for the moms, and all the moms that complain about, you know, all their mom troubles, they're the ones that don't show up. He's like, we'll do a marriage event. And all the couples that you know have marriage problems are the ones that don't show up. And all the couples that do have good marriages are the ones that show up. Why is that? And I'm like, I didn't want to say anything. Then I'm like, I don't know. But I never heard of anything like that. But but what I'm saying is, listen, listen to me. When there are opportunities available for you to strengthen your marriage, to strengthen your parenting, to just strengthen your manhood or your womanhood or or your relationship with God, man. Take advantage of this stuff, you know? You know, you're saying that, God, I just want to be a better man. Well, well, I know the church is putting on a men's meeting, but I no, no, no. I'm talking about, Lord, just somehow send away. And he's like, man, here's your chance. Here's your rope. He's throwing you a rope. Take it. And, and so as a church, we want to be here to give you every chance and opportunity to get stronger and better in your life. Take advantage of it. Yeah, amen. Take advantage of it and surround yourself with the people of God. And I can tell that that one went over real big too. So thank you. You're welcome. Amen. There's cake at the end of this whole thing. Some of you are looking like I'm here just insulting you all day. No, no, no. Uh, there's cake at the end. So stick around. All right. Number three. All right. Last one. And you're going to really love this one. We're talking about how you cannot be an easy target. Number three, stay in the love of God. Talking about Staying in the love of God. Yes, I want to know that Jesus loves me. Yes, that's true. But we're talking about you loving other people. Amen. Just loving them. Amen. Hallelujah. And so Galatians 5, 6. King James. Loving in the King James. Amen. Galatians 5, 6. It says this. For in Jesus Christ, neither circumcision avails anything nor uncircumcision. But what? But faith which worketh by love. How does my faith work? By love. And so if I'm mean and nasty and rude and fighting with people all the time, is my faith going to be working how it's supposed to? No, it is not. And so again, so many times like, man, I'm praying and I'm praying and I'm praying and I just don't know why nothing's going on. Well, there's you know, a lot of areas that we would want to examine. But the first thing that I examine, if I feel like my prayers aren't getting answered is, how am I loving and treating other people? Because I know this much, my prayers, they get answered, you know, God's power, but, but they, they get answered by faith. And my faith, it works by love. These things are connected, and if one of these is off, then there's going to be a holdup somewhere in the miracle answer that I need from heaven. And our faith works by love. And in these summer months, I don't know about you, but sometimes are you tempted when it's super hot 
to get a little cranky with people and not love them the way that Jesus loves them. Ladies, raise your hand. We know it's you. Come on. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm, I'm playing. I'm playing. But, uh, and, so, but I know when, it, when it's like 115 degrees in August, right? And then it's one of those days where for some unbeknownst reason, we somehow get these clouds move into Barstow. And it just spits enough rain to dirty up your windshield, not enough to help anybody with anything. And then it gets real humid. And then what do you do? You go to Walmart to get into their free air conditioning, right? But on top of that, listen, no. And, and now, thank God, our church has six brand new AC units. So thank you, Jesus. Just come down here to the church. How oh, hallelujah. We'll cool off over here. But sometimes there's just a perfect chemistry of things to set you up for being cranky and angry and, you know, that you're ready for the kids to go back to school. You're ready for your husband to go to work or get out of the house or something. And just all these things are going on. But I'm reminding us that our faith works by love. We've got to take this seriously. And I want to show you this other verse here, James 3.16. James 3.16. Yeah. Thank you. We got some excitement over here in the, the south end of the building. All right. So uh, James 3.16. James 3.16. Who's glad they came to church today? Amen. All right. I knew it. James 3.16. And so here's a verse that my dad taught my brother and I back when I was uh, about 10 years old. And so I, I, every time I see this verse, I just think of this memory from my childhood. And so you're, I'm going to tell you a story that a lot of you have heard. Just humor me like you would an old man and laugh like you've never heard it before, okay? And so uh, so my, when I was a kid, my dad, you know, he was tired of us kids, you know, fighting and stuff and getting at it and, and, and all this. And so my dad is a man of the word. He prints this big uh, uh, rear view mirror hanger and has my mom cut out this big circle. And he prints James 3.16 on one side. And on the other side, he prints no strife and, like, puts an X through it, like the no smoking sign. And so everywhere we go, as soon as we get into the van, we see this and, like, oh, yeah, no strife, all right? And so I remember one day he pulls up to pick me up from Little League practice. And, I mean, and it's huge. You can't miss it. It's like the size of a manhole cover. It's massive. And so, and so my, my friends pull up, or my dad pulls up, and he's like, what is that? And, and your dad's mirror. Never mind. Just forget it. Don't, don't ask. It's fine. Don't worry about it. It's a family thing. I got to go. And so, I, but, you know, my dad drilled this verse into our minds and for good reason. And so, parents, here's a good summer verse for the kids to work on. Who'd like to teach your kids a verse this summer? Oh, wow. Okay. Let's, okay. Let's go to the north end. All right. How many of you would like to teach your kids a verse this summer? Wow. Middle section, would any of you like to teach your kids a verse this summer? <laughs> right? Would you guys like to redeem yourselves? <laughs> How many of you would like to teach your kids a verse this summer? <laughs> I feel like it's vacation Bible school and we're having like some sort of a competition here. All right, well, praise God. We have determined that everybody would like to teach their children a verse this summer. And so... I'm here, I'm going to do you a real solid, and I'm going to give you a verse that would be great for your kids to learn because they're learning the Bible, and if they actually do learn it, it will bring you peace of heart and mind. Amen? And so, James 
3.16. They need to know this stuff. For where envying and strife is, there is confusion and every evil work. And you're like, well, that doesn't sound very encouraging. No, it's, it's not encouraging. But when you get this, that where envying and strife is, what strife? That's fighting. We're reading the King James here, okay? Uh, fighting and arguing. Where these things are, there's confusion and every evil work. And I'm thinking, on my, I mean, my dad drilled this into my head. And so I'm like, man, I don't want confusion. I've got enough issues with that. I struggle. And so, and, and every evil work. So what do we do? We're going to cut down on the envying and on the strife. And have you ever noticed that if you've just been in an environment where there's been strife and arguing and blah, 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 there's just like a confusion in the air. There's a, there's a thickness. And you're like, man, I can't even think straight. I need to go sit down. I need to time out, man. This is messing with my mind. And that's what strife and envying will do. And so I'm telling you, if you don't want to be an easy target, for the devil to bully around this summer or at any point in your life, we have got to stay in the love of God because this is on your outline. Strife is a distraction by the enemy. It's just a distraction because he knows, oh man, I, I, my job here is done. They're fighting each other. What, I don't need to do anything else. I'll move on to the next house. No, we've got to stay in the love of God. Because while you're focusing on your fight with your brother, or your, you know whoever it is that you're fighting with, he's sneaking in to the back door of your home and plundering and messing with and, and just absolutely causing some destruction and havoc. And so you may say, yeah, well, I get that, but the people I'm mad at, they deserve for me to be mad. All right, whatever, doesn't matter. You can cling to your rights to be mad, or you can cling to to the word of God. And I'm telling you, clinging to your rights to be angry and your right to be bitter and your right to fight people, you know, whatever. Let's find out how that works out for you when you're in a spot and you need a miracle and you need a breakthrough and you need a prayer answered real bad, but your heart is full of bitterness and it's hardened and, and you're, all you can think about is how much you hate somebody. Stop that. Knock it off. Because if there's anybody that deserved to be angry. If there's anybody that deserved to get revenge, who was it? Jesus. But First Peter 2.24, it speaks of healing, but it says he did not retaliate when he was insulted. As a, as a sheep is led before the shearers, he just remained quiet. He didn't say a word. He just, he just you know what? It says he left his, his case in the hands of God who judges fairly. And so if you've got something going on, leave it in the hands of God. He, he's got this. He'll take care of it. But the minute that you take things into your own hands, you've taken it out of his hands. And now you're on your own. Good luck. Maybe it'll work out. Maybe it won't. But if I'll just leave it in the hands of God, it is going to work out. It's going to work out. And he'll take care of business. It's going to work out his way and in his time. But it's not going to make me an easy target for the devil to come in and mess my life up and mess my family up and mess my house up. I'm going to leave it in his hands. And so my encouragement for us today, whether it felt like it or not, was this. If you do not want to be an easy target, you've got to stay in the word of God, stay in the house of God, and stay in the love of God. Can we say amen today? All right, let's go ahead and stand up together. Praise God. We're going to go ahead and, 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 and close things down right here.
Amen. Well, I'm going to have my prayer team come on up with me. And if you're here and, and you need prayer today, man, maybe you're facing something, I don't know, but you got something going on, we would love to pray for you. And we'd love to see God do an absolute miracle in your life. And, uh, and the biggest thing is this, is if you're here and you've never uh, received Jesus, if you've never really given him way in your life, if you've never submitted your life to him, today's the day that we could fix that real quick because I'm telling you, nothing's going to go right until that's right. And maybe you're here and you're like, yeah, I did that a long time ago. And, and hey, sometimes we kind of walk away. He didn't walk away from us. But sometimes we've walked away from him. Well, we can get that restored today, too. And, and again, nothing's going to go right until we get that right. And so what I'm doing is this. I'm encouraging you, if you need prayer to maybe get things right with the Lord or with anything else, I believe in, in being bold and just taking a step of faith. I ask you, come up to any one of these people. Josh is going to lead us in a worship song here. But if you need prayer, let's do this. Let's pray for you and let's see God work something out in your life today. Take a step of faith. Be bold. Come up and let's pray for you. Amen. Let's go. So mighty, so holy, so wonderful, such an awesome God, so selfless, so So faithful you are You cause the sun to rise You lay it down to rest You hold this heart of mine Close to the 
nothing as sweet as His love and mercy. Nothing comes close to the Lord Almighty. Nothing as sweet as His love and mercy. Nothing comes close to the Lord Almighty. Nothing as sweet as His love and mercy. So mighty, 
everybody praise the lord thank you for sticking with us today we covered a lot of ground in the last little bit amen all right well here's the deal we're getting ready to get into our dessert auction here and i noticed that we have a lot of our a lot of our church members are out of town today believe it or not and so we don't have quite as many desserts so that means you're gonna have to be ready to do this thing all right um let me go ahead and let our internet friends go so thank you guys love you have a blessed week and see us wednesday all right goodbye people all right